Hello, and welcome to The Learning Project. I'm your host today, Stephanie Courtney. We are going to be interviewing Dr. Patrick Dix, who's going to be really leading out an interesting conversation on leadership and professionalism. You don't want to miss this. Hey, everybody. It's Stephanie from The Learning Project. I am so excited today. We have Dr. Patrick with us today. He is going to be talking to us about professionalism. We're going to be learning a lot from him, um, seeing his side of view of what does professionalism really mean, um, looking at leadership. You guys, it's going to be such an amazing podcast. So if you know someone that might need this right now, stop what you're doing, share this, give them an opportunity to learn a little bit. Um, also, feel free to use these type of podcasts in your staff meetings um, where you can just really start a great conversation. So, um, Dr. Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we're going to talk a little bit about your passion. Well, my name is Dr. Patrick Dix. I am from South Carolina. I still reside in South Carolina. Awesome. And I have um, over 20 years of technology experience. Um, I've worked in different sectors for the government, currently work for the government. And for the last six years, I've been an adjunct faculty member in person and online. Mm. Approximately three to 4,000 students. Awesome. And I've been doing that and teaching is my second passion, but technology is my first. And whatever I can help professionals or people that are going through crazy changes due to the code due to the COVID pandemic. Yes. When they're willing to offer that to keep their head, to, to help them keep their heads up and to not get depressed and not feel there's a wall that's preventing them from moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that must have been such a change. So were you teaching online or were you teaching on ground campus or did you have to, or were you doing both? And how did you make that change when COVID hit? For the past three years, I've been teaching online. Oh, nice, nice. So you didn't have to do too much. I, I just talked to one professor and they were like, it was so crazy <laughs> trying to get everybody online. So, well, that's great. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about what's your passion? Uh, my passion is helping people become better than their previous self. Um, mm. You noticed and I noticed there are a lot of people that lack a lot of self-confidence and reassurance yes. to move to the next level. A lot of people are afraid in life to move forward because they're afraid of what people will say. Mm -hmm. And you can't live your life like that. You have right. to be able to move forward. You have to take risks. Uh, one of the things I tell people, you will take a risk for a job, but you won't take a risk for yourself. Mm. Life is more important than a job. Um, being honest, a job can hand you a pink slip any day, but yeah. you be able to have the tools. So you can provide for yourself and your family, but also give yourself reassurance if the market crashes or this company closes down, I am confident enough that I can get another job or get myself a second source of income. But I like making people feel more confident and helping them succeed in reaching their top journey, you know, helping mm -hmm. them get to the mountaintop because a lot of people have it in them. They just need encouragement and they need someone to help them in the right direction. And just letting people see the bigger picture and helping people rationalize between seeing how things will go and how they won't go. For instance, um, you don't want to you don't want to be 60 years old and say, wow, I wish I would have took that shot. Yeah. 30 something. So yeah. I tell people it's best to take the shots now. Oh, there's nothing wrong with failing. I fail every day. I don't mm -hmm. care about it. Mm -hmm. 
day, there's only one person that can get in a casket, and that's myself. <laughs> I love that. I love what you're talking about, um, uh, Dr. Patrick, because you know what? So many times people will hold them back hold themselves back from doing what they really want to do. Um, tell me, let's talk a little bit about this, this, this insecurity that people have. What are some of the signs that you see that show that a person's insecure? And what do you feel that they can do to overcome that? Uh, one of the main things is uh, I'm 36 years old. So in business and in life, how you will measure yourself or in graduate school, they would call it a SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm strengths, weeks, opportunities, and threats. Yeah. If you're making the same amount of money you made at 22 and at 36, you have a big problem. And mm. that's one of the first things that'll stick out and says, you have some kind of deficiency someplace. Yeah. You're afraid to take the risk. You're afraid to take responsibility. You're mm -hmm. afraid to wonder and see what else is out there because you're afraid, well, if this doesn't work, I'm going to lose where I'm at now. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things I've noticed with a lot of people. They get complacent and, mm. excuse me, with the COVID-19 pandemic, I've said this to many people, this pandemic is showing who was prepared for life and who wasn't. Because wow. I have a lot of people that joke around in life. Um, I graduated high school in 2002. We can go back. I was in the 10th grade in the year 2000. Mm -hmm. can, for the last 20 years, think of, think of someone that was 18, they're 38. They yeah. are not, there are a lot of people that are not prepared for life. And exactly. those people played around. So now they're stuck in a debacle. Well, if I can't go train in person because the COVID pandemic has it to yes. where I can go to school. So one of the things too is you have to have vision for your career and your life. You have to mm. see the road. Uh, one of the documentaries I watch a lot is The Men Who Built America. It came out about eight years ago and it's mm. about Elias Vanderbilt, John D. Rockefeller, John Pond Pierre Morgan, and uh, think did I say JD? Did I say Rockefeller? No, yeah, Andrew, yeah. Andrew Carnegie. Oh, Andrew Carnegie. Okay. What's happening right now in the United States? We're living on technology from the 1800s. Um, from mm -hmm. 1850 to about 1900, the United States advanced further than it has in any period of time, and we're living off technology from the 1850s to the 1900s. Right. Right. Uh huh. One of the things I try to get people to see, you have to advance with life. Um, mm -hmm. If a company is moving forward, you have to move forward with it. Um, for instance, with the air, with the COVID-19 pandemic, mm -hmm. business travel has been changed forever. There were companies that did not advance and saw what was coming, and they still spent a lot of their money sending consultants and sending employees all over the world versus... Mm -hmm for a software license from Zoom or some other collaboration software. Yes. The companies now that are thriving and they're going to be companies that fail. They're not going to make it because their leadership failed to have vision. And I'm pretty sure yeah. there were people that pitched ideals to them to say, hey, you can invest $20 million now and we can make $200 million down the line mm -hmm. or you continue to spend $20 million every year on travel and try to write it off for taxes. And yep. we're behind. So that's you know, I could talk a while about stuff like that, but that's what I'm into. I love it. I love it because, you know, one of the things that we're not talking enough about, especially in education, is how to advance that, how to be above and, uh, and beyond that curve. You know, a lot of times when we're looking at even early childhood educators um, in those facilities right now, they're scrambling because they're trying to figure out how do we still keep the connection between families 
and children. The A lot of families can't even come in the centers to drop their kids off. So they're dropping them right off at the door and they don't even get that one-on-one -on -one from that teacher. So, you know, um, different types of technology like Hi Mama that has like an app that goes over, you know, a child's day, what they ate, when they slept, you know, still keeping that communication with that family. Um, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> a lot of people are kicking themselves in the butt because they were behind the curve. So now they're trying to um, catch up and trying to get into some type of technology when they could have had a lot of time to actually adjust to it. When yeah. you were talking about all of this stuff, it reminded me of 9-11. Uh, you know, prior to 9-11, there were so many things that um, we didn't think about as far as security and we didn't think about um, different types of systems. What, what would happen if we did this? Um, or what would happen if this happened? Um, and so when that did take place, it was like almost a scramble. And so I really feel like this COVID-19 is going to be setting people up. It's going to be setting business up, leaders up in such a unique way, especially education, you know? Now there's this conversation of, should we go back to school? Should we, should people be back on campus or should we just be learning from home? Um, what are your thoughts about that? Like um, being in this field, understanding the principles of people being able to connect and, and learn from one another, but also, you know, having that experience of distance learning as well. Well, one of the things I've noticed, um, I have several points. The main point is a lot of students and the debate to start off, the whole education system needs to be destroyed and rebuilt from scratch. Absolutely. I got to give you, I got to give you a clap on that. That is the truth. That is the truth. That is I, the truth. I, I tell a lot of high school kids and I tell adults, we don't care in the real world what your GPA is. No. You have a degree, that's just a piece of paper. Basically, you're saying, I went through class, I did this. Mm -hmm. You will have a lot of people, I went to this university. Real life does not care about that. And one of the mm -hmm. things I tell people about life, it doesn't care about gender, it doesn't care about race, it doesn't care about um, no. income level. Life levels everybody. Mm -hmm. and, we have high school seniors that are graduating this year that are not prepared for life. People made them good test takers. Mm. Things I tell any kid, I don't care how good you can write a algebra. Yeah, algebra. I don't care how long, I don't care how fast you can do limits, do linear algebra. This is a simple equation. Mm -hmm. You have money for your light bill and your job just laid you off. There is no amount of calculations that can fix it. <laughs> you got that right. That is the truth. And the education system uh, misleads children and it's, yeah. it misleads adults to let them know my child is smart. Well, your child is one of 500,000 that is about to enter the world out here in college. Yes. And it has no work ethic. I don't care. You know, I tell people, give me the person with the bad GPA that has the work ethic. Mm. Things in the school system. One of the things now in the school system, uh, school system and in technology from doing my dissertation recently, we are in the fourth industrial revolution. This could not be more of a worse time for the COVID pandemic. Mm. It's progressing. And one of the things when I, I did my subject area on automation, the world is about to change forever. Um, when we get off the podcast, just type in how will automation affect manufacturing? There's a good percentage much of the world will not be employed in the next five to 10 years. Everything wow. is going to be done by artificial intelligence and robots. The wow. thing with um, the Zoom, the collaboration tools, what's happening now at universities, you have tenure faculty that get paid $170,000, $180,000 a year to come to class twice. Mm. What 
university could do is hire myself as an adjunct, pay me three or four thousand dollars per class, but you don't have to pay me any benefits. Mm. And they cut their costs significantly. And I'm yeah. younger, so I'm more up to date with technology. Yeah, um, yeah. High school is a little bit different because you have to be certified. But to be honest, in February, I had about two or three months left in my doctoral program. Mm-hmm. I applied for about five or 600 adjunct faculty jobs because I saw what was coming. Mm-hmm. I prepared for it. And I knew teaching is never going to be the same and universities want everything online if you were to go on indeed.com and look for adjunct you'll see a lot of things due to COVID temporarily available so technology has advanced and it is going to leave a lot of people behind in the education system we have Mm. we have to go back to teaching kids how to work with their hands and think yes sit behind a computer Mm -hmm. and old and be an engineer a lot of kids don't want to do that we need to put kids on a curriculum to where they can become as they would say with finances taxable Mm -hmm. Uh, 18 year old that already has a two-year degree from going to the vocational school or tech school out of high school they can make an income and they can pay taxes yeah anytime people hear revenue or taxes they're like we're we'll go with that plan but the education system has to be advanced because the United States is falling behind every day. Mm-hmm. And we're a superpower in other things, but we can't educate our kids because we have kids out here now that can run football plays, but cannot even think or write a sentence. Totally agree. Totally agree. There's such a opportunity here when we're talking about um, revolutionizing or changing the movement of education because so many people are coming up with great research and saying this is not going to work. And I think part of my passion is really educating families because when they understand what's happening it's not just left up to the educators to make the change it is the families that are demanding change you know this is not going to work we need something different and being open to different types of platforms of education you know i always say this quote there's a body for everybody meaning there's something different for every person and the more vast uh, variety of education that people have access to it's going to make us more diverse in our thinking it's going to make our country more diverse it's going to make children who uh, maybe have an educational approach that they connect with more than the other it's going to make them understand how education works for them and helps them find their why there's just a lot of people that are like you know this system doesn't work for me um the education field didn't work for me so i i can't do this and i i don't want to do this or they don't want to try we'll even see that with kids that are like very little like four and five years old if they see another child do something really well they will get scared to actually try well some of them will get very scared to try to do the same thing because they know in their mind they can't do it so it goes back to that confidence confidence thing you know um it goes back to starting them at a very young age and looking at our educational system and be willing to say let's dismantle this and put this back together and create effective change for these kids and really create systems that are going to help them progress in the world and exactly what you talked about the real world and one of the other things is um they teach kids now i hate to say how to be punks as soon as something gets hard they teach them to quit yeah you're not going to make it in life like that. Yep. I'm going to quit. You know, I don't have children, but when I do have children, mm-hmm. so we're not raising you to be a quitter no. because 
start a project on how to build something, you're going to finish it. I don't care. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now with the education system, you can't make it this way. Try something else. No, you're teaching that kid to be a quitter. And that's to hurt their whole life. Because as soon as something gets hard, they're going to end back up on your couch. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're creating a coping mechanism for them Mm -hmm. to say, well, it's so hard out there. What are you going to do instead of telling them you need to fail? You'll learn how to do it. We're going to help but you're not going to quit. Yeah. And, you know, kids will thank you when they get older for that. But right mm-hmm. now with how our education system is, they teach kids just to give up so fast and say, mm-hmm. well, I can't do it or I need an award or I just need a participation trophy. They need to learn <laughs> life does not work like that. Yeah. And our education system, it just needs to be revamped because I get kids or students, excuse me, in my um, classes and a lot of them don't know how to attach files it's the basic stuff so somewhere down the line there's a disconnect and we have a lot of students now that are first generation college students Mm. and I tell them hey it's going to be tough but you'll make it through it they'll tell me I don't have any support I said hey um, it's going to be tough but you'll make it through it I said this is some this is the best investment you can make for your life education and learning and just continuing to train and make your brain better but one of the things I tell them too, you have to get around people, you to influence. I said, if you're going to school, you got to hang around other people that are going to school. Don't get around right. a bunch of losers. I said, yep. this will affect you throughout your whole life. And even on a job, if you always have a complainer, stay away from them. You yeah. will people that always complain, never get anywhere. They're always staying there while you're moving forward. Yeah, so, that's stagnant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree with you because. I, and there's this is a huge debate, you guys. We just kind of walked into a, a line, a, a landmine right now, which is talking about, you know, do we, do we, do kids need to have alternatives, or do we need to help them push through things? And it's like we need both of them. You know what I mean? There are some kids their brains think very differently, but you also have to teach them to have that mental toughness. And I, I definitely would agree with that. Where there's so many people that. Don't learn that at a very young age and don't learn how to fail. Um, and I think that's a one of the big parts of just leadership and professionalism, where if you don't do something right the first time or you fail, either you're going to push through that or you're going to stay right there. And that is where that maturity level really will stay and you won't be able to move forward. And you're really going to find yourself losing opportunities to really push yourself and see how far you can go as a person. You know, um, when I first started I, I kind of was sharing in the last podcast when I first started doing this um, 30 day podcast, one one person asked me like, did you think it was going to get this big? And I said, no, honestly, I thought maybe three or four people would help me out. That'd be perfect. You know, I'll work on this project. But now I have like over 30 people. And so now I'm saying to myself, okay, so how do I do this and what do I need to do to make sure that I meet my own deadlines and really create great content for people to look at and, and really um, be able to utilize in their workplace? You know, that was my goal. And so now I'm giving myself a goal that is going to push me. And I think we all get to the point where when goals are made, it's usually made by somebody like a teacher, your parent, you know, maybe your the, the job that you work at, but really making goals for yourself and teaching yourself discipline and teaching yourself how to be mentally tough 
I think is a key component. Um, when we're looking at technology, it's going to push us all to a limit. You know, all of us have to retrain our brains and understanding how technology can work for us and how technology is going to help us advance to where we want to go um, in the future when it comes to our own professionalism, but also our small businesses and thinking to be smarter and not really like working harder. I totally agree. Yeah. So one of the, the questions that I've been asking everyone is what was your, what was one of your unprofessional moments in your career? And what do you wish you would have been told or wish you would have done? Um, tell us a little bit about that. We're going to dive deep into that question. <laughs> uh, one of the most unprofessional moments is my first job out of college. Um, uh -huh. I was hired to be a computer programmer. Uh -huh. And I used to would leave work three o'clock every Friday to come home <laughs> and to, to, to tell the truth, I got fired from the job. So oh. I got fired. That was um, nine. Oh. I got fired. Uh, it was a bunch of other stuff. But I remember leaving every Friday, just going home. And <laughs> I was dating a girl at the moment, going oh. home making sure I could be back in enough time to hang out with her instead of just saying, Hey, how about Monday through Thursday work a little bit extra time so you can yeah. No, I would just leave at three, three thirty and gone. Oh my goodness. What do you wish you so what do you wish you would have done at that point and what do you wish you would have changed? I uh, just I would have I wished I would have talked to management and said, Hey, on Fridays, if I work a little bit later, can you know I leave it for? Or yeah. I'll leave it for. You know, yeah. when you start your first job, you're asking as you progress, you say, Hey, I'm leaving at three on yeah. Friday. Yeah, you know, as you get older and you're like, Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm, it's not entry level anymore. I'm not asking you, I'm saying, Hey, I'm leaving. So um I wish I would have did that. You know, just say, Hey, I'm gonna leave at three on Fridays twice yeah. a month or, and do it, you know, and I that was my first real professional job. Um I remember the place had just started and I remember they FedExed us our paychecks and I was uh -huh. like I'm like, let me go to Bank of America and cash it because direct deposit hadn't happened. They overnighted them from Atlanta. Wow. Wow, we didn't even have internet. Um a lot of kids now don't remember we we had um it was a modem or like on a flash drive. Yes. A way to get on the internet. So I said, wow. And I said, okay, well, you know, this job and everything else. So yeah, I got fired from that job. Oh, that is so hard. I think a lot of times when you're in those mindsets, you're not thinking about the consequences. You're not thinking about, you know, what's going to happen here, what's going to happen there. You just think like, oh, I got in, I finished college, I'm going to do what I do, or you're watching other people. Um, yep. One of the things that I share with um, share with my uh, teachers and everyone, I remember one of my first jobs, it was like my first big job. I worked at an insurance company and um, I remember coming out and I was an English, ma I was an English major. And so I was very much into words and like analyzing things. And so I'm walking into a business kind of field and I remember like getting yelled at the first like week that I was there because I messed up on some checks. And um, at this time, no one really wrote checks. This is when debit cards were like the big thing. Everybody's using debit cards. And, um, and you were talking about practical skills, right? And so we're being transparent right now. I just want to let you guys know. So don't be judging us, okay? We're trying to, we're talking about some things here. Don't judge. 
<laughs> and so she like she starts yelling at me and I remember like crying because I was like she's being so mean like you know why is she yelling at me and then she stopped and she said I need to talk to you about the why and when she helped me understand the why of okay you're messing up checks and we work for a corporation and it's gonna look like we're burning through the checks and we're doing something with checks and we're not doing anything with checks it's because you're writing them wrong and so you know i had to come i had to, at that moment it really hit me that sometimes you know there are things that will impact the company and the overall growth of the company and we don't even think about it because it's not something we have to think about you know um we just come in do our jobs do our thing and then all of a sudden you know we when something does happen then we end up learning the why of why we can't do something or what should we do so yep. if you had to give any kind of advice to anybody when it comes to leadership and development and professionally growing, what are what would be the one thing that you would want people to know or think about? Um, don't let people make you feel bad for failing at something. Mm. Um, a lot of people, yeah, you know, I was saying this earlier, that's a big thing. They're afraid to fail because they're afraid of what people will say. Yeah. And I got fired, I think, two jobs in my life. Uh -huh. um, I could care less. I'll tell anybody, you can never make me feel bad for getting fired. Right. <laughs> um, people will say, well, you got fired. Those are closed-minded thinking people. You know, you look mm. at got fired from Apple in the late 90s, then they hired him back, and mm -hmm. he turned the around because it was surely going under. Wow. People will make you feel bad for making mistakes like that. but And then I'll just tell people to have an open mindset. Um, be willing to go outside the box. Don't just take the first answer you hear, especially in the world we live in now, because three media sources can report three different stories. Um, don't let people influence your decision. Make your own decision, because the first thing I tell anybody, I made the decision that's best for me. I could care less what you think about it. I'm going to read all of the information. And mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. exactly you have a lot of people that can be easily swayed and people don't like to read information. So as being a leader and you know in up in a in a in another capacity, just listening, just um taking things slowly and just hearing the people out and being respectful to people. Yeah. Making sure people feel like an employee instead of a number. You know, just ask people how's their day going. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I get in a bigger leadership position, that's one of the biggest things I will tell the employees. You're the biggest thing right now. You are the biggest care. I want to make sure you're fine, but have yourself a work and a life balance. Because if you yeah. die, they won't put this job back out there. You can't pass this job along to your kids. Mm -mm. So mm -hmm. You need to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Go have fun. Go take care of your health. Yeah. But do not try to take this work home because it will be here. If you die tomorrow, they're going to find some way to get this job done. Exactly. Exactly. Being in, being in a leadership position, that's the biggest thing I would tell anybody. Listen to your employees. Make sure they're taken care of. And also yeah. just be respectful. And um, make sure that you're being a good leader and setting a good example for them. Because mm -hmm. people are always looking and people are always watching. But you also want to make sure that the example that you're leading that other people can follow because whether you know it or not, your name precedes you and people mm. don't know before you can get to a place. So you have to be very careful of that and just, you know, have some morals and character and integrity. Make the best decisions. Don't make decisions when you're mad. Make decisions when you're level-headed. Yes. And 
make the decisions when you know you can think about everything and say how would this affect because when you're younger we learn about cause and effect mm-hmm. uh, in language arts i remember that um one of those classes uh-huh. there's a cause and there's an effect so if you do this something is going to happen that's the truth <laughs> that's the truth that's and, the truth and i would tell anyone else that's applying out there getting in a job the job market just keep applying just keep pressing forward yeah find new ways to reinvent your resume um when i got fired from that job i know i applied about eight nine hundred jobs i went on mm. hundreds of interviews didn't get yeah. jobs but i would tell anybody there's a reason i didn't get those jobs because a lot of those places are closed now and i wouldn't yeah. be where i'm at now yeah. so in in every bad situation there's a lot of good to come out of it uh, mm-hmm. Me getting fired from that job turned my whole life around. Wow. My life on a whole different path. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that because I think a lot of times, when it, so this conversation is so good because it's one that hasn't been had with all of the podcasts that we, are, we, that have, we have been doing. Um, talking about technology, we're talking about really owning your mistakes, you know what I mean? And pushing past for, pushing past them, not letting them define you. Um, talking a lot about how can we as individuals progress and develop. I, I'm loving this conversation, you guys. This is such a good conversation. If you know somebody that really needs this, send it to them. I, I said it in the other podcast. Don't send them flowers. Don't send them a coffee card. Send them a conversation that's going to help them refocus, reinvent themselves. Think about what they need to do. Where do they need to take their company? Where do they need to take their class? Where do they need to, if they're if they're mentoring someone, how do I help this person get to the next level? Because this is what it's all about, is helping each other to get get to that place of just you feel good about what you do you know what I mean and you can look back and say you know what I don't regret anything in my journey because it's made me who I am and don't be afraid to tell people the truth I tell my fiance I rather you I rather for you to be mad with me for telling you the truth to telling you yep. a lie. you mm-hmm. need that's gonna sit here and tell you this is the truth you know tell you blah 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 if you got a bunch of yes people around you, you are always are going to be left behind. You need people that are going to say, hey, no, you can't do this or yep. you need to change this. Life can't go on like that. And nobody, you know, some people don't want to tell people that I'm afraid of what they're going to say. Well, eventually they're going to end up by themselves and be depressed because mm-hmm. they could have changed their life around. And one of the biggest things I tell people, I remember it being 2010 yesterday. It is 2020. Yeah. Goes fast. Yes. If you think you have time to play around, um, I advise not to do it. In the first Fast and the Furious movie, I think it's the first or the second one. It's the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the lines, uh, Paul Walker goes in there and talks to the guy that's over the FBI. He yeah. says, Man, I need some more time to do something. He said, if you want time, you buy the magazine. We don't have time. Mm, well. <laughs> that was good that was good i need you to say that one more time say that one more time for me so everyone can hear that if you want time by the magazine Mm. we don't have time to be wasting time Mm. so we don't have that and you got to make every movement in life precise as possible because yes you're trying to become successful everybody else is trying to become successful Hmm. and just all you know i would tell anybody else just remember if it's if it's short thrilled it's not really going to make it yeah 
take a process. Um, a comparison, somebody, I listen to a lot of people on YouTube. They mm. say, do you want to be a microwave person or do you want to be a stove person? Microwave mm. pass. A stove takes time. It takes time to cook a turkey in the stove. Yeah. Cook a hot pocket in the oven and it's not good. So it takes time in life. Things take time. Um, I just turned 36. So you're talking about 10 plus years of just, I graduated school at 26 because I didn't start the college till 22. Mm -hmm. So it's taken 10 years um, of just trying to get there. And people will say, well, I'm 25. I said, no, you're not going to be the same way at 25 at 35. No, that's the truth. Because I know if I had the responsibility I had now at 26, I would mess up. And you mature, you go through things, and you learn from your mistakes. Because a lot of the things I learned in life, um, I've had parents. My parents taught us a lot, but I was always the person that said, well, what if? What, yeah. if, I, what if I do this? And I would get out there and try it. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. when, I did, when I did my doctoral program, I had to go to Pittsburgh. 25 times we actually went and sat in class so i had to fly to pittsburgh wow never went to robert morris university in my life um a previous professor told me about the program in six and 14 and i applied in 16 and started in 17. Mm -hmm. never been to pittsburgh i've flown places so i got up there uh the only other person in my family that had a doctor degree was my mom's brother so mm -hmm. i'm the first one out of this generation on my mom wow. and dad congratulations i'm still on the journey to finish my doctorate i'm like i'm trying to get to where you're at so <laughs> i'm like i still got a long ways to go though <laughs> um we took three to four classes at a time mm -hmm. i took three to four classes and we i it took me about a year no two years to write my dissertation mm -hmm. uh, after year one i gathered but see i was one of those people that was real disciplined and i hit the marks yes and I, I got all my data and I wrote my dissertation and I awesome. went through hundreds of revisions and um, it's pressuring. I tell people it's not for the weak hearted. No. Uh, it's, no. it's not anything, you know, you play around with. This is something where you have to have extreme focus. Yeah. But you just have to be disciplined, not only with that in life period. If you're disciplined, you could pretty much do anything. And yeah. You know, people would ask, like, I, I'm going to be honest, I could care less. Why would you go to school in Pittsburgh? If I had to go to Thailand to go to school, I was going to mm. go. Yes, if, right. I, if I had to quit my job to go to school, I would have quit my job. I had already prepared, but my job allowed me to work around with the schedule. I tell anyone, never do for a job what you want to do for yourself. Mm. I'm going to put myself first because yes. at the end of the day, I can depend on myself. A yes. job is not going to do for me what I'm going to do for a job, you know? Mm. You, you're going to stress and get um, dementia on a job, but you won't do that for your own self. Please. Wow. I'm not doing that. Wow. And that's how life is. I yeah. look at life like that. I'm not going to do more on a job than I'm going to do for myself. Um, yeah. That's why I always make sure that in life you have two or three additional incomes, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Biggest thing I could tell somebody, once they get into a career, don't you ever get complacent. When yep. you have a job, you always go interview to keep your skill set up. Because people will say, I had interviewed in 20 years. No, you need to interview for a different job once a year. Get on Indeed, yeah. apply for a job, let them yep. interview you. You know you're not going to take it. What right. you do, this is a good way to measure your skill set to see if you keep getting calls that lets you know I'm in demand or I need to get different training. Mm -hmm. 
stay ahead of the job market because companies are always wanted to do always wanted to do more with less. Yeah. And you, you have to let the company know, look, I'm a valuable asset. You know, if you're interviewing for a job, you let the company know, look, I'm a valuable asset. You're going to pay me blank, blank, blank for my services. You know, yeah. don't and don't be afraid to say, well, they're going to renege on the offer. Mm-hmm. You go apply for a job and interview. Don't let that be your last interview. You never stop interviewing for a job until you have an offer letter. Well, you want to make it to where you got an interview Monday. You got one Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So you're waiting on four people to call you back. Yeah. I never I take it. I never take anybody's um, face value for anything. I need it in black and white. And that's another yeah. thing. You get things in black and white. Um, I love it. You guys, I don't know if you're hearing all this. This is some good knowledge right now. Like for those that are really in that weird in between, not sure what to do, how to do things, this information right now that we're that we're we're talking about this conversation that's that's happening, it's one that can really transform your life, you know? Um it's one that can really help you make the decision that you need to make. Um, you know, this is something that I've been doing forever, this side business and love it. It's, it's a passion of mine and exactly what you're talking about. My mentor always told me you need to have different lines of income. You need to make sure that you have different revenues coming in, um, because you never know what life is going to have, what's going to happen with life. You never know how things are going to turn out. And, you know, there's so many talented educators out there that can be a part of those other, um, revenue opportunities, um, such as teachers pay teachers. There's tons of workshops and different craft shows you can be a part of, cause there's tons of talented people out there that create educational um, educational tools for kids that are hands-on. And then there's a lot of those people like me that love the tech side, that love the education side, that love doing those online platforms. There's so many places that you can take yourself you just have to push yourself. You just have to start. You just have to complete that that step, that one step, and then you go to the next step, and then you go to the next step. And sometimes you're failing a lot in between all those steps, but you're going to learn something in between all of those steps. This was, this was really good. This was really good. Um, Dr. Patrick, I wanna thank you so much for coming on here and talking to us because this was so good. I I hope you guys got so many gems from this. I am so excited for you to be here and I wanna thank you again for being here, you guys. Um, Where can we find you, Dr. Patrick? If somebody's like, you know what? I need to talk to him more about his dissertation or about, you know, what, what, um, what he's got going on. Like, where can they find you? I'm on LinkedIn. If you search Dr. Patrick Dix, you should be able to find me. Perfect. Um, I don't know if I want to put my email address. No, you're good. We will um, put the link right down below you guys where you can reach out to Dr. Patrick if you have any further questions or um, just want to pick his brain about something. He was so awesome. So if he has time, he definitely will do that. And I want to thank you guys for being here and listening. Guys, send this out to someone follow me like this, um, or you can reach me at my website, www.tlptraining.com. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you soon.